1: Den Talks podcast is powered by denanywhere.com. You guys go to denanywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to denanywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from plus most of them are archived so if you can't make the exact time you can catch them later we still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are go to denanywhere.com <music> Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal. I'm your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We've got Major on today. He is a Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, rapper, and producer. He's written and produced songs for Bieber, Wiz Khalifa, Trey Songz, Billie Eilish. I mean, so many. And he's been doing this since he was 16. That's what I love about him. He's from Detroit, has such a fascinating and incredible story. Was literally producing all through college. um, And then decided to do his own stuff. So his first full album on his own is called Volume 1 Free. And why is it important to talk about? He does the entire thing at 432 hertz. So that is a healing frequency. It's known for being the ancient frequencies that were used in certain instruments and for healing. And so his idea was, how can I send healing out to the masses? Um, without them necessarily even knowing it. Words don't always do it. Plus the people listening aren't always probably the ones who want to hear those words. But how can I create a world of healing? It is so beautiful. He has such an interesting perspective. Really cool guy. I'm glad we got the chance to talk. I hope you not only check out his album, which is incredible, but you enjoy this episode. Take a listen. All of this information are in our show notes because there's so many interesting things with links to and also again his album info. So check out the show notes and also go to our Facebook page Dentalks Podcast and let us know what you think.
2: I put some stuff that's supposed to be good for your brain in the water.
1: What are you so. putting there?
2: Uh, you know, I'm one of those people who I think I, I believe that like I'll take like 10 vitamins because I know one of them probably works. That's how I am. I, I don't know what <laughs> I like about them. I'll try them all and I'm like, one of these got to work or a little percentage. So I put, I don't know the names really of anything. I just go in like Air One or something or these places and I just look at stuff good for brain. Buy that, buy that, CO something, this, that. Put it in there and then I figure one of them will work because I wanted to try to improve my memory.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, There's I was starting. A- of- what-
2: I felt I was getting nervous like I was having like a few months ago I was having trouble remembering stuff
1: like big stuff or anything small no, short term stuff. stuff is that what you said you cut out for a second
2: only short term so it'll be like I was going somewhere and I'll be like why am I why am I going there
1: that would freak you out I could get that
2: yeah but it, it fixed it fixed
1: nice were you super stressed sometimes that has something to do with it too
2: no, I just would forget a name. I would be thinking about a name. I I don't know honestly. I don't know exactly what was causing it. It stopped. I also started drinking a lot of water. I drink a lot of water now, so much.
1: I have to drink. I'm so bad at drinking water. I know it's so good for you.
2: It's the main. It's the main important thing. Since I started drinking crazy water, so much stuff is unlocked. You don't even understand so much. Like
1: what What else is unlocked?
2: I feel like first your digestion gets put in proper order from drinking water because, okay, think about this. We have trillions of cells in our side of us. Trillions, literally. Every second, millions of cells are being born and dead in your body. Crazy stuff is happening. All of these little interactions between these two, between these things, passing on information, passing on cells, passing on water, and I mean, passing on like, um nutrition and things, resources to build new parts of your body. You know, and like the body is such a complex machine, but water is involved in almost all of those. So if water is slow, it's just you're not as efficient. It's just you, your body is moving like the blood is barely going. It's like the resources are bare. Think about it as a company like got a slow ass factory. <laughs> you're not gonna make you're not gonna go crazy like Amazon you know <laughs> so that's how I look at it like water is like allowing all of those little processes in your body to just go fast go crazy everything be operated efficiently so then and then I feel like my body and spirit are connected so I feel like whenever we make a improvement on one it, it, then the other ones just grow have you noticed that
1: yeah for sure I have. I, it's, yes, whenever you kind of unlock one thing, it sets like a new platform to jump off for more.
2: Yeah. Or like if you improve something in your mental health, your, your spiritual and physical health will grow. If you improve something physically, your mental and spiritual health, you grow along in that way, too.
0: Spiritually, sure.
2: spiritually the same. Your mental and physical will, will change that, you know, and grow.
1: I know. I feel like you see that people health-wise, too, a lot of times when they finally start somehow getting on the path that unlocks them, whether it's exercise or something, then all of a sudden their whole personality starts shifting, like, and they start connecting in a more spiritual way.
2: Of course, because it also has to do with taking care of our vessel. Yep. You know, of our um, temple, as of our temple. Yep. But when you do that, you can, of course, probably unlock different spiritual things if you you got a better temple. That just makes sense.
1: I'm so excited to be talking to you today because you're such a fascinating human. I love it. It's like everything you do and you don't put limits on yourself, it seems like, which I find really cool. Um, Even in a lot of lyrics of your songs, it's kind of like just go against the grain, like do things differently, you know, just figure out a way to make a name for yourself. And I... Love that about you because I just find you so interesting. Anytime I research anything else, I'm like, oh, God, that's so interesting. Everything. And even just starting with the conversation now, we're talking about how you look at your body and how you look at, you know, processing things is really fascinating. But thank you. you know, yeah, no, of course. I, you know, I love that you have such a spiritual take on everything. And, you know, you, have been literally producing... How old were you when you started producing with your friends, like, at, at home? At home, I was
2: 16, or
1: 15 or
2: 16,
1: and in Detroit. A, yeah, in Detroit, were you guys just, like, playing around? Were you literally just kind yeah. of...
2: No, I was so... I I, I had no vision of the music industry. That was so far away. I never knew no one who was in music. I didn't I didn't think that was possible. I was living in Detroit. I, I'm, one of my friends just showed me a CD, and I was like, what? you?" you can make your own beats. I was so surprised. I just didn't know that that was even possible. And so he showed me this program on a computer and I just thought it was cool. And yeah, I didn't have a vision to try to be, to try to really do it. I did. I thought that was outside of possibility.
1: Now at age 16, like what music were you listening to at that point?
2: Oh, at age 16, was I listening to, I was listening to uh, rap. Like I was listening to Diplomats, I was listening to Jay Z, I was listening to um Tupac, I was listening to Bone Thugs. Not at 16 when I was a kid, I was listening, to, I was listening to all rap.
1: And yeah, so, I when like, so, when you like when your friend was like, Yes, you can do it, here's a program, what in your mind, no, no, what, he
2: didn't say, Here's a program, I said, Yo, show me that program, that's crazy, you made that. i couldn't believe that someone i knew made mute, like made a beat i I didn't even know that that, i thought that was something you would see i would see a tv show like or something with music and and the studio looked like a spaceship that looked like another dimension i i never knew nothing like that in my neighborhood it wasn't around so when he showed me that i was like no please show me the program and then i just started experimenting
1: do you still have any of those first tracks
2: My mom does. Yeah, they're bad. They're horrible. She likes it, though. (laughs) She likes it. She thinks it's good, but I listened, and I was like, wow, that's bad.
1: But did you, like, you know, again, coming from a spiritual perspective, did you have a feeling? Was there something when you started doing that, like, when you turned on that program for the first time, was there, like, a connection for you?
2: No. I thought it was just fun. I thought it was just fun and cool, and I just liked it. it. It was something I could do and spend. I'm sure we, you know, everyone has these different things, but I could do it and time would pass. You know, and I didn't notice. So yeah, it was probably like a meditation looking back. I didn't think of it like that then, but it was just, you know, it was just cool. I just thought it was fun. It was crazy. It was crazy to me that I could go into it somewhere with nothing and walk out with like a song and play it for my friends. The next day, like play it. And it's, you know, that was crazy. I couldn't believe it, so I just thought it was so cool, and I and I, I eventually ended up just getting you know through doing it a lot. I ended up getting pretty good
1: at producing. How like how were you also prolific? Were you producing a lot pretty quickly?
2: So locally, we produced me and my me and my boy Shane. We produced um we produced the song when we were sixteen. Called the Yellow Boys. I produced it. We taped. We had like the most ghetto studio. We had like I taped the microphone to my ceiling. I was you know watching TV. How do they record? I put toilet paper around the microphone to try to give like a filter. It was so ghetto, but we recorded this song called um "Yellow Boys" and <laughs> it got it local. It became like a local. They played it on the high school station, you know. So we people were like, "All oh, these guys are cool," you know. And I was making beats like for local artists. So yeah, very quickly it. it because there wasn't really a lot of people doing that, too. Um, there wasn't a lot of people doing that at that time. So, yeah, it, it was cool. And then from there, um, I, started to, I started to know it was serious, that people liked it when like my school's high school team was very uh, – high school football team was very successful, like one of the top teams in the state always. So there was a lot of attention on the team. And they were blasting the songs that, that I made at my house and then someone stole the CD from the weight room because they were training. So I knew it was in demand. I was like, oh, this is cool. So that's when I kind of started to see like, oh, maybe this is this is something that, you know, people like this. I started to realize that people liked the music that I was a part of.
1: I love that. So for a while, you were you were actually producing it just because you liked it. You had no clue if anyone else liked it. So it wasn't really about any response you were getting. You weren't looking for, you didn't care in a, in a good way. Like you weren't dependent on getting-
2: at that time, also, I was very, very present. And up until, like, I was t- maybe 23 or something, I was super present. I never thought about the future at all.
1: As a kid, that's interesting, like, because it's usually harder at that age. Super present. Like, why do you think so?
2: I, don't, I honestly don't know. I think maybe it's just a blessing in some way. I, I never thought about the future. Like, I never thought about what I was going to do for college. I, ne- I just never thought about it. I I don't know. I was just right there. It was cool. I I liked it. And then once I started getting a little more grown and started to plan and think about things, that gave me so much anxiety. I went through a lot of anxiety for years of trying to figure out, like, the concept of time. I didn't have a concept of time is what I mean as a kid. Like, I didn't. I was just where I was at that moment. And that's it. I was just doing that. And then where I'm at the next time, I don't know. If you ask me what I'm doing tomorrow, I never would have known. So when I got a little older and started having to do meetings and stuff like this, it was really, I don't know, it was just a challenge. Planning, just looking into the future, it was just a challenge. So I don't know. but
1: And it it gave you anxiety?
2: Crazy anxiety. Still sometimes came up, but I've got a good grip on it now. So, yeah.
1: Do you feel like it was just the idea of being too attached to something, like the lack of freedom would just kind of stifle you?
2: You hit it right on the head. That's exactly it. lack of freedom, lack of flexibility. I like to be able to to move if something, you know, if I want to do something. And that exactly. one. And, and so not. you
1: ended up going to Michigan, right? Ooh,
2: yeah.
1: ooh! He's playing with his yeah. background. It's super exciting yeah. over here.
2: <laughs> I, Ann Arbor, um, Michigan, and that was completely at that. That was just like. Um, divine timing, in a sense, because I didn't have that strong of grades in high school, but I did really good on the standardized test called ACT. I got like <laughs> top, like really top percentile. So all of these colleges started asking me to come, and I asked my mom, "Hey, which one's the best college around here?" And she said Michigan. So I was, "All right," you know, and I signed up to go there. I I never went there. I never visited. I didn't know nothing about it. Just just went there, and then <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I was going to say, how was how that for you? Because if you're someone who went from like total freedom, like just being in school with like that schedule and like having it to be more, you have to be more. No,
2: I was still free. I, I, I was more free in college. I wasn't honestly, I don't know if I should say that that much, but I was sometimes not going to classes and stuff. But my music started being really successful when I was a freshman in college. So I got uh, platform you know like this um like these but i got
1: <laughs> i got them right here. wait show me Ooh,
2: i started getting those when i was in um freshman of college so i had those in my dorm room so it was it was a um crazy time it was fun it was so fun it was unbelievable because i was like had one foot in the music industry which i got in through myspace
1: I remember MySpace. Remember MySpace. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I'm old. I I, I know MySpace. Used <laughs> MySpace. You could upload four songs back then on your profile. And I put MySpace. <laughs> and at the time, it was funny. I started at the same time as as, as Trey Songz, who's a successful artist now. Drake, a successful artist now. Like we all started on MySpace around that time. I had each other in the top eight. Janae Aiko, who's another one who's very talented. So it was MySpace times is what helped me get into music.
1: I mean, so it's so impressive. So here you are in college and you're like, you're legitimately producing for names at this point. It's like, yeah, you have have like a legit career, but you still went to school. You didn't decide to not go to school or to drop out of school. I
2: I wanted to drop out, but my mom, she's from Jamaica. She was like, man, I know about this music business, man. Man, I know about this thing, finish school. So I was like, all right, I, and I didn't know I had no one in my family ever in music that I knew like in the business. So, so I didn't know if it was just something that was coming quick right then, if it was gonna slow down. I, I ain't really know. I ain't know. And my mom was like, nah, you know, you should get the degree. Just you know, just like you already in school, you already got it. A lot of people want to be in that position, and I was having fun in school, and I was traveling on the weekends to Atlanta, Miami, LA, doing my music. So that was. I don't know. I just stayed, and I ended up graduating from Michigan.
1: Amazing. How how did you go from producing and writing for other people to all of a sudden deciding to put yourself more? Oh,
2: yeah. Years, years after. I had a career of like from college for almost 10 years of just producing for other people and writing. Well, producing mostly for other people. I was just producing beats. It was fun. I never even knew that I could have a voice. I never even tried it. To really I never looked at myself as that person so for many years I had produced for a lot of the good artists you hear now today on the radio I produced a lot of a lot of their stuff I have good relationships with some of those guys but it came from just um the way that I got in front of the microphone was um in in the industry they use these things I don't know if anyone knows but it's called a demo track Do you know what that is yeah basically like it'll be another artist probably not known like a, a good singer showing singing the song to present to, say, a A-list artist. You know, they'll, they'll say, hey, do you like this song? So they play them a version of it that's like someone else singing. And if the artist likes it, they say, well, I love this song. I want to record it. They take the voice of the demo singer off and they replace the, with their vocals. And that's what happens in a lot in pop music. It's not a lot of times it's not the artist writing their song. So I was writing for other artists and I made a demo. I said, instead of, it usually goes, was going like this. The writer writes it down on a paper. They bring in a demo singer. The demo singer sings it. They present it to the artist. Before I could even write it on the paper, the ideas were coming quick. Like they were coming. I was getting the ideas fast for a song. And so I was like, I want to skip that process. I just recorded the demo version myself. And to show to the artist, hey, this is how I think you should say the song. And I showed it to, at the time, I was working with T-Pain, who was one of the most hottest artists, especially at that moment. Like, had so many successful hits, so many hits, just hits. And he liked my version of the demo. And I was like, what? You like this? And he was like, yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds dope. And I was like, what? You like the way? He's like, yeah. So I it kind of, like gave me an idea to make a song. And I was like, wow, cause if that guy likes it and I know his music is so good, maybe maybe I should make a song. And then it just, um, that song got pretty successful and I signed a recording contract and yeah, it was cool. It was really cool just, but I, I didn't even know that that was um, gonna be my path. I had no clue. And that also, yeah, I'll let you, I'll, yeah. I didn't know. No, I love
1: to- it. I love when you talk. Um- so when you talk about you were saying the thoughts were coming so fast through your head um is that your process do you do you kind of do, does it just happen do the words come to you and then you're like oh my god i have to write this and you just let them come out or are you like hey i want to write this song and you see where what words you find and then they come through like what's your process
2: mm. i have some songs that are, i have some songs that start as i have i have like for example, on my on my last on, on on my project Volume One Frequency, which is the first mainstream sound healing album in history, I I and, and there's one song. It's called "So Beautiful." I had that title and that idea that I wanted to make a song telling someone, telling someone, "Hey, I, you're so beautiful." Just simple. I had that idea already, so I went into writing that song with that intention. There's another one on that project called "24 Freestyle," and that was just, I came home from the club. I was in Amsterdam with my friend and we would, went out and this is last year and um, it was late at night and I made this cool beat and I just said this freestyle, whatever came, whatever came to me, I just said it quickly. So I think it's different processes for different songs, but um, because I'm constantly making music, it's kind of wherever I, wherever my mood is, is just what's gonna reflect. I guess, in, this, in in the music.
1: Do you ever dream songs?
2: No, that'd be so cool. No, I haven't dreamed a song yet, no. Now that you said that, I'm going to put that intention.
1: You got to let me know if it happens. Yeah, it'll be sick. Um. So 432 Hertz, so this whole album.
2: Maybe, maybe, because I have a song also on there. It's called Dream. And it says life is like a dream. So I, maybe I'm dreaming all of the songs
1: maybe you are and you just, you're not remembering them, but then they come out anyway. Um, so 432 Hertz, this whole album is done on this healing pitch and this healing energy. What made you, when did you even start getting introduced to that idea? I know you were saying somewhere that Tesla was a huge influence for you, the quote about kind of energy. So when did you start doing your own research or awareness of this area? When did that start coming to you?
2: Absolutely. No, I, uh... Well, what gave me the idea to do something like this was I produced, I mean, I wrote and pro- been been blessed to like produce a lot with Justin Bieber, who's one of the most talented artists. And he, we were together at his show in Mexico City. And there was a sea of people, like a crowd of people. So many people you couldn't even see the back. And... Like you, they had screens so that they could see because they some of them couldn't even see the stage. It was just a sea of people. <laughs> and they uh, were playing music that I remember we worked on like at my house, my basement. And, it was just, and watching it in that moment, I really, really understood how powerful the music was. Like just seeing that many people being on the same vibe and in that same energy, I was like, wow, that's really powerful. So I wanted to start making my music you know, have a good impact. So I wanted to start doing that. So from that moment, I went home and I started writing songs that had, like, inspirational and positive messages and stuff. And, but it, it was kind of whack, honestly. It wasn't that good. Like, it, it, it didn't hit. It didn't hit, really. And the audience that um, I, I really, like, have a, a unique gift to produce for, it wasn't resonating with them. The sales were down. It was whack. But when I was saying stuff like, Party, 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 sales were up.
1: So give me an example of like a lyric that you love that you thought was unbelievably inspirational, but then it just didn't connect.
2: Um, no, I can tell you some songs. Cause yeah, it's, um, I had, if you want to look up, um, there's one called, uh, wow, there's a lot, but <laughs> let me tell you which ones. Oh, there's a project I made called Spirit EP. Listen to that. It's called Spirit, Kay. and a lot of it, yeah, that's one. Yeah, listen to that. But I so so what I learned was, you know what? Uh uh-uh, uh, this ain't how this is gonna happen. I need to get this message through, and. It's not working in that way. The lyrics. Yeah. But I get why I understood why it wasn't working. People who are in that world and in that I don't know that frequency that, that they're not bro, you know, and no one really wants to be preached. And the people who like that, I feel honestly, they already mostly know that. The people who wanna tune into music like that, they already know that. So I was trying to reach how do I talk to people who are like where I was, you know like just normal person playing music not not someone seeking life and searching their purpose like this normal person playing music so so i uh i started figuring out how can i put the energy of my message and uplift people and bring them healing or peace or whatever it is through the sound and so then i started studying sound and that led me to like binaural beats brainwave monks the chanting the um I went to Egypt, studying the pyramids, Machu Picchu, all of these different things. I met scientists and I started studying all the ways that sound can affect humans. And it's crazy. it's so many ways, so many ways that people don't even know. I mean, but sometimes some of the ancient cultures knew it. And also sometimes they use it in the in the spiritual and the medical community. I'm sure you guys at the den and people I'm sure probably, you know, they are definitely familiar, familiar with that like I'm seeing it really going strong in the spiritual and the science communities, but I haven't really seen anything like that in the mainstream communities in my community of my music friends. Like they didn't know nothing about that. Most of my friends, they're like, what? It sounds crazy, but yet, you know, those those people, have, we have the, the largest reach in a sense, as far as like, yeah. if, you look, if you look on YouTube, the highest video ever is Despacito. Amazing. That's the highest played thing on YouTube, like any form of media is music. So, you know, um, I, th- I just wanted to f- I wanted to figure out how to, you know, put that put that together. It just made sense, honestly. It just made sense. And I'm just grateful that I was available at the time for, you know, God and, and universe to use me in that way because it, it just makes sense. It's going to happen anyway. It's probably other people doing it too or at least are trying to do it in some form.
1: And normally just, and normally albums are put out on what what is it, four forty?
2: Yes, all music sent has has been released at A equals four hundred forty Hertz, which um there's many reasons. Some people some people have conspiracy theories about that. You can look that up online, There's many about how that's bad. And I'm not sure, you know, it could be, you know, but there's a lot of there's a lot going on. But yeah, most of it is four hundred forty.
1: And so so going to 432, is it for the average ear, are they actually going to hear the difference or is this a subtle way of the healing benefits?
2: Why I chose 432 is because I wanted to make it really, um, there's many healing frequencies. It's not just that one. But because our vision for this, for this music is for it to be mainstream, um, because it's so close to, to the one that we're used to hearing for most of our life, it feels like a normal song. You shouldn't hear any, any difference.
1: I will say when you listen to that album, it's, you do, I mean, not everyone might notice it. I'm really aware of my energy, but you do get a very subtle, it's like a fluttering around the chest almost like you can feel this like elevation of at least I could. And I found it fascinating because I would listen Um, like what's, Songs that aren't on this album of yours are also at 432, or is it only the ones on this album?
2: One I came out with in Brazil recently was this talented artist named Isa, and it's called Let Me Be the One. Yeah, um, I like be that one. Yeah, that one's also using 432 hertz frequency. That's the only ones that are not from the album that's out already. But there's going to be a lot, and some I produce for other artists coming up.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, and- a lot. And if you can explain a little bit more for those who are listening to this who might not understand 432, do you wanna talk about the vibration and how it matches, like why people say this is a vibration? Yeah, What
2: well, is? well, wow, so there's many, many things. <laughs> wow, I, I wish I could, uh, can, we, can we put links on here too? Because I have some yeah, links.
1: Yeah, yeah, send us everything, okay. we'll, have, we'll have it all.
2: I'll share it, try, try to say it in a simple way. Basically, um, mathematically, so, I, like you said, I'm a big fan of Nikola Tesla, and he talks about if you wish to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. He always said the power is in the magic, three. the numbers three, six, and nine. Have you ever heard that?
1: I haven't, but I like those numbers.
2: Yeah, If you look at it, it's, it's, it's like they call it vortex numbers and vortex mathematics, and basically I'm I'm not I'm I'm really a nerd honestly so I don't want to make it too nerdy but uh, basically four thirty two is divisible evenly by three six and nine, nine. four forty is not so basically what some people believe is that the frequencies emitted by that music are discordant with the human body as in they they don't harmonize well with nature and the human body and so it's actually some people believe by listening to the music 432 kind of what you were saying with a lot of people have said that they feel something different is because the frequency of the of the energy moving through them is is more in line with nature
1: right
2: more in line with nature just the same thing like people call the music healing and i I don't want to say that because it's the same thing as like Eating the right food, I believe like our bodies are infinitely intelligent. They have crazy. Eating the right food gives your body the right things to heal itself. I believe music, the right music, the healing frequency music puts you in a frequency um, and it puts your body in a state where it can heal itself. Getting the right sleep, drinking water, like we were saying, you know, these things help put our body in those states. And, And this is just another one that we can be using instead of and as we become more conscious we'll be able to start to know exactly what frequencies work well with our bodies at what time and we'll be able to consciously choose music that aids that as opposed to you know having to get medicine you know what i mean like yeah. it will be medicine music it will be medicine so um that's that's the vision we have is we're we're launching um a lot of things around that to just make it to make it more a to, to make it more accessible to artists. Learning, I'm learning as much as I can right now, and developing programs to teach other people so that it can just kind of um, evolve into something that I believe will will be will do a lot of good.
1: Now, why like when do you feel like there was a switch for you? Now, I get it. I get that feeling like you're hearing you're in Mexico City and you just see the impact that music has on people and bringing people together. But that doesn't always make someone go, so I want it to heal. What part for you, when did, when did in your course from being 16 on, did you start feeling this need to look at things differently, to heal, to want to be more spiritual and bring that into what you do? Like when did your personal path start changing? You even said like before when you were younger and you weren't looking for purpose. So when in your life do you feel like that started changing for you?
2: Mm. Um. I feel like even though, even when I was young, I, I wasn't looking for my purpose. I, I, I did have a feeling that I was meant to do something really important. I did have that feeling and I didn't never know what that was. Um, I thought music, I thought maybe I would make a lot of money because I was being good, um, blessed with money. I thought maybe I was going to do a lot of good charity. You know, that's what I thought my vision was. But then once I started seeing the power of that, it it, it gave me, it gave me like, oh no, it's gonna be through the music I can do it, and maybe through some charity stuff. But it's not just through the, it's not just through that. It's through the music. I, I understood it differently. Like before, I don't know. It's hard to really understand the impact of what. For me, it was hard. I was in the studio all the time. I was like, it was hard for me to really understand the impact of what I was, what we what we've been blessed to do. And then also, what gave me a deadline was like, time wise, was like I got diagnosed with leukemia. I was in my twenties, like a little bit after that, maybe. I was already on the path of this, but like
1: the healing aspect, maybe more.
2: Yeah, not even, not even, honestly, because, but because I, I never, when I got leukemia, I never felt that it was gonna kill me. I knew right away. I was like, oh no, that's not gonna kill me. It's just part of my, because I learned so much. I'm, I'm the person who doesn't do, who can't do the homework too far ahead of time, right? Like. <laughs> And that's life, too, for me. Like, my mission, whatever my purpose is, I needed, like, something to, like, like set a time, like, for remind me that, like, this, we're on a timer. And that's what I think the, the cancer was for me, just going in there and seeing all those people who, some of those people, you know, might have passed away, a lot of kids, and just really seeing real stuff as opposed to that kind of music life I was living just fast and going traveling around the world and doing that. It was, like, it brought me to a different space It made me, Gave me a chance to think and focus. I think a little bit um, on what was important to me, and thank God, you know, I'm not in like I'm a cancer survivor. Like, you know, I, 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 I still go to City of Hope I still go there to, to just, you know, because I haven't completely beat it, but it's not like I'm um, in in a bad spot at all from it. And so I actually kind of look at it like my teacher it showed me a lot of stuff to and it gave me like show me also that you got to like bro the life is like a vapor it's, it's short you know it's going and like so what are you what do whatever you want to do like go do it like do it quick like do it now so cuz it takes time to even you know for things to manifest you know on this in this realm everything i feel like is happening at once but you know here it takes time so you want to start Deep. No. <laughs> Do you believe in fate? Mm. What is fate? What What is fate? Like,
1: do you believe, like, what is your take on kind of existence? Do you believe that you were put here to do something specific? Do you believe that you create whatever you're going to do? Do you believe that, like, do you believe that no matter what, you're going to get cancer and no matter what, you're going to produce music, like, this was yours and it's up to you as a human to find it? Or no, do you believe you create every, you know what I mean? I'm just, everyone has yeah. different...
2: Now honestly, what I honestly believe at this moment, and my belief is always evolving, is that um, is that it's all happening now, it already happened everything I think the time is more of an illusion,
0: yep. and
2: it, it's, and it, we're just kind of watching it from this from this experience, but I think it all, I think it's, it's already now. So it's hard for me to say, like, was it destined?" because that's a time that's a time question. Like when, like, you know.
1: Hmm. Do you feel well? You said you alluded to your cancer as being your best teacher. Hmm. Um, and do you feel like for you to accomplish what you, cause you know, and you also said as a child you always had this feeling you were supposed to do something really big and important. Yeah, I did have
2: that. I did have that. Yeah, So in that in that way in this three D in this three D realm, yes, I do believe that it is. Um. I don't know, though. I don't know if I think it's destined because that could have been anything big, you know? Maybe, I, you know, maybe. It... Yeah, I don't know, honestly. I-, I can't say that from this space. space I really know exactly how that, is, how that is, you know? I do think that um, it's all now, and I think that we'll see that later on. We'll know it more clearly. Right now, you know, it's hard to understand.
1: How, when you were diagnosed, what was like going on for you? Were you just not feeling, because it's what you had. Go ahead. What'd you say?
2: I had pain. What was your question? What was your end of your question?
1: No, no, no. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. So you had a lot of pain that was unexplainable, but you must have been so surprised. I can't imagine in your twenties you went in thinking that would be the diagnosis.
2: Yeah. I was really surprised. That was crazy, but I'm um, luckily um, I had both my parents at the time. My my mom, I mean my my dad, who's now now passed away, but he him and my mom both came down to visit me. Um, I was living in Atlanta, so that was cool. I got to, I got to hang with them. And that was dope.
1: And then how was it? Like immediately, you said you felt like you knew you were gonna be okay.
2: Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew I was gonna be okay from that. I didn't. I I, didn't, I wasn't nervous. Like, oh, I'm gonna die. I was never nervous.
1: Yeah, and it's a rare. You have a, It's a rarer form of cancer, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a rare form. It's like basically, my white blood cells are go are making too many. That's basically what's happening. It's like it's actually a mutation. It's had like some type of gene mutation. Like, my white blood cells are. It's, it's a. It's in the code of, of genetics, which is weird.
1: Well, you're probably not from here. And so your genetics are a little. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so do you think that helped at least focus the idea of like a grand, like, did you start looking at sound healing in that respect too, for yourself?
2: Honestly, no, I'm gonna be honest. I did. not I discovered, I discovered the healing. I didn't, I didn't look into it trying to find healing. I, I looked into it to try to, um, make a mess to put the message in the energy of my music without writing lyrics that were corny. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I got into um, the frequency stuff. And then I discovered that it had healing properties.
1: That's so fascinating.
2: Yeah. Cause I started seeing medical people. There's medical offices right now that are based off of sound and, 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 you know, frequency therapy. They have that literally offices open from that. So I, I was like, okay, that's when I started learning about that.
1: Well, talk about also ways that now through your research you've learned, because I find this part fascinating, how people have also used, you know, weaponized sound that people don't even realize. Like, I remember hearing the story how, um, like when Hitler, before he would come talk to, you know, stadiums of people, they would emit this one frequency that you probably did not even realize was happening, but it's like a maddening frequency. So then when he would walk on they would turn it off and your body would automatically go into like ah so you started associating like calm and trust and like saviorism basically with him subconsciously because it would go off when he would come walking on to talk
2: well that's interesting you used his name because they said uh, so and weaponized frequencies because some people believe that that's what 440 is the 440 frequency that's the standard now in music has been the standard. The reason why some people say this is because there's the guy who was involved in the music standardization act, which put 440, one of the guys involved, his name was Joseph Goebbels. And if you look up, he was like connected with Hitler very closely. They say that he was like um, part of his So I don't know. You can, you can look into it, but it's, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying right there. Like, that's why people think that the 440 that we listen to today, they, they really a lot of people who are against it. The people who are against it believe that it's, it's derived from the same kind of technology you're talking about, just in a milder form. So slightly discordant to humans It's not like that. You know, it's not like one that you got to cover your ears, but it's not one that's putting, putting you in, you know, in tune with nature in the, in the most essential, you know, most natural way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I should look it up. I don't know what frequency it was they said they used because I don't think people's hands were, it was like, I don't think people realized what was happening, but it was so uncomfortable like in your body, which we all know, like sometimes there's just a frequency. That's the one called
2: Russian Woodpecker signal? Huh? Is that the one called Russian Woodpecker signal?
1: Oh, it might be.
2: I think, I think, or maybe like, so. yeah, it was some one of those things they used to send a certain frequency every so often. I think maybe it's that, and you can't even perceive it. it
1: yeah, it's feel crazy it's
2: crazy no it's crazy but um, everything everything around us is frequency if you think about it like there's there obviously you see it with a dog whistle human can't even hear it obviously that sound still exists obviously our microwaves still cook our food that's frequency obviously our cell phone sends visible frequency waves through the air fast from a satellite directly on that exact frequency that it only comes to your phone and millions of people got phones around the world it never conflicts it never my call never goes to yours but yet all of them are in the air because if i pick up my phone right here i i can get a call from you know so it's crazy how much frequencies are really on us with wi-fi with all it is it's 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 a lot of stuff happening that you know it can even seem in a room that still there's actually a lot of activity.
1: I mean, I say it all the time. I teach that. I always teach all about energy because it's, I was like, the minute people start being so much more aware of their own energy, the energy around them, the energy they put out, everything would shift. And again, even when your energy is not great, as if you're aware of it, you can start shifting it. Um, But yeah, it's like what you bring in shifts how you, the energy that you have within yourself, who you surround yourself with, it, it shifts it. So it's um yeah it's it's a whole thing I agree and I think when people can start looking at it as energy how has it changed like how you how's it changed how you are day to day like forget the music career like how has it changed how you act how you interact how you communicate how you have relationships when you started kind of shifting your perspective that way
2: Oh I think it's allowed me to flow a lot better um I've gone into more of a surrender mode after one one good part was that book surrender experiment for michael singer right anyone anyone hasn't read that that's a good one but i think just being in that surrender mode and and trusting that you don't have to orchestrate it from your brain you can just you know you work towards a certain thing and you you you, things kind of flow a lot better whereas before i I sometimes will maybe get um anxiety because I was trying to figure out things in my brain all the time and often it didn't even work out that way so I stopped I let go of that and I think that um that also in turn helps my music again you know so it's like the things that help the music help the life then the life helps the music so it's it's like a, uh, I feel like I'm on a good um spiral up spiral upward.
1: How, how like do you feel like it's changed how you even look at like the lyric, I mean, I know you said you wanted to not have to write corny lyrics, but you still wanted to shift things. Do you feel like understanding this idea of sound and vibration has changed how you look at words, as well? Because words carry vibration as well.
2: Yes, yes, it has, it has, it has, absolutely. Um, words do carry vibration, and also what I, it's also deeper, deeper than just the, the words. Because language is a strange thing. I, it, it really taught me about the power of intention. That was one of the things I learned along this path. Because like um, they were talking about in Ayurveda, the intention of the chef goes into the food. They believe the energy of the chef goes into the food. And I believe the intention of our words, you know, one person can say something to someone the same word, and it means something completely different because of what their, how their intention is. You know, two different people can say the same word and intention, you know, it, it will be taken a completely different way depending on what that person's intention was. So I started really, getting into the words and the lyrics but also like what like making sure that when I'm writing it's like what is my intention you know being mindful of that and I think that sometimes can speak even louder than the words you can feel that sometimes when you hear someone's music sometimes you can hear someone who you could tell they don't mean it or, or they just said it to try to sell some some copies you know you could tell that so I really wanted to just go into um keeping my intentions focused on what I want to do and Yeah.
1: Do you feel like are you big with mantra and like chanting?
2: Mm, I'm not. I'm not personally big with it, but I like it. I like um, devi, devi prayer. You know, um, um, I like it. I like. I like. I go to into um temples, meditation places. Yeah, I like it. But I don't. Um, I don't just play chanting around the house or something like that.
1: Right. Do you know, it was interesting, I'm forgetting what teacher, and I know that you were at some, you know, protests and stuff. And one teacher, um, a black teacher was talking about when people were chanting, I can't breathe. Mm. um, George Floyd, they were saying, and it was interesting the first time they're like, just don't use that because you're creating a mantra of such a negative frequency of creating (laughs) your own stifling of your own breath. Wow. Um, And I hadn't, go ahead.
2: I, I agree. I, I I I didn't think of that until you said it. But um, yeah, we got to be careful our words of what we say. Um, I I do think that our words have power. But I, I also like going back to that it, intention too. I think maybe can overpower it. So hopefully those people's intention was not to choke their to choke themselves. You know, maybe that intention was to shed light on. You know what I mean too. Like yeah. powerful words and the intention is important
1: how do you um how has it been for you during this time like do you feel like you have to step up like you you know I feel like everyone's picking different ways to um you know be part of what's going on how do you feel for you what's been like how how do you feel like what your purpose has been
2: Mm, no, I feel like the most important thing that people that we need right now and is love and unity. And that's always been like, if you look on my page and stuff, that's been my message for a while. So I kind of felt right online with that. But uh, I also, yeah, I did make some music to just address that specific thing. To me, honestly, all the stuff that's going on is like inevitable in sense of it's just things getting revealed. Bro, it's not new. It's not. It's not surprising to me. I I grew up, like I said, in Detroit. I have, most of my family lives in Jamaica. I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I've seen a lot of, a lot of the th- that people are complaining about is not new. So I think we just live in an era where you can expose it and sh- and showcase it. And I think it's great that, um, you know, people are able to to expose stuff and get, uh, you know, and now if people can see it clear and people can rally behind it and understand. Hey, this is not right. But it didn't just become not right in twenty twenty, bro. That's yeah. been happening. So so I, I you know, and some side of me thinks like it's just everything goes to a foundation, right? Like everything goes to the foundation. If you build a house, if you don't build a good foundation, it's probably gonna fall. If you you know, if you're building a company, if you don't have a good founder, it's not it's not gonna be a good company. So um if you look at how America was started, like what you like, look at how it started realistically. So inevitably, something's going to have to shake, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, I, no, I talk about it all the time. It's like if you keep building, even if you make changes, but you don't change the foundation, you get one of those weird-ass buildings with all these different, yeah. like, offshoots yeah. that eventually topple. That's what
2: we got. That's what we got. A weird building. I mean, it's a, it's a good building, you know? I, America is still a good place, you know? I'm not saying it's a bad place, but it definitely is weird weird shape for real and yeah it goes back to the foundation so this time for me is like I think for some people it's been super overwhelmingly emotional because I think they're learning a lot of new things they're seeing a lot of new things that maybe in their normal life they um it was hard for them they didn't have time to focus on you know a lot of people just trying to pay you know in working life before quarantine a lot of people were just trying to get by maybe you know so busy maybe you know so I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think that's a lot of it is people are seeing it from a different perspective. But um, for me, I didn't have that type of emotional thing. I had that when I was a kid, back when I used to experience stuff like that. (laughs) Then I kind of just, I I hate to say it, but a little bit went numb emotionally from it. I just saw what it was. I just knew what it was. I knew, like, I knew, like, I saw it. I don't know if you saw that video. that kid playing basketball, um, and the the cop drives by. He's a little kid. Seven and the cop drives by and he he hides. He's just playing basketball and then when the cop goes, he keeps playing. It's like oh. a hidden camera. And everyone and it went viral and was like, "Wow, this is sad. This is how we have to live." But, but I, I I saw that. I was like, "Oh, that's me. I, I, I that's normal." I was like, "That's normal from like where I where I was from. Where that's like I I would do that too." So for me, it's just um, it's good. I think it's good that that's getting brought to light. Honestly, yeah,
1: because that shouldn't be normal
2: yeah it's, it's bad it's bad I, I, I shouldn't be numb to that it shouldn't be normal
1: do you feel like you've used your platform like so for instance your video for nirvana like i i love that video and i felt like oh were you were gonna say something just thank you oh oh you're welcome <laughs> um i love that video and i found it look i worked in entertainment for a long time so i'm always very aware of like certain casting in this and i love that everything about that video was what normal mainstream entertainment would not normally have and i thought it in a good way like um i liked how it was always you know white people needing help in that video and I just thought it was brilliant. I thought the whole thing was brilliant. I thought the song was great. I think that, and I was like, wow. And I know that was what I loved about it too. That came out before all of this. So you've always been using your platform, I feel like to make kind of, to just, like you said, through different frequencies, make change.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's for sure. My mission is to, that's my mission. That's very important for me.
1: Yeah, and you do it, and it's clear. And, and I agree with your Instagram, which I love about it. Again, it's like knowing the frequency of the power of a word, because sometimes it'll be like you said, one word, and it's like just kind of pushing that frequency out there to hopefully have it overtake a little bit.
2: And by the way, colors is our frequency also. We recognize each color, depending on the frequency of light it reflects.
1: So what color do you resonate with the most?
2: I mostly wear all white. I like all white. I like like white and black too. I'm pretty. I'm pretty extreme. White and black. Yin and Yang. Yeah,
1: yeah. Me too. Do you do like a normal? Do you have a practice, like a meditation practice?
2: Um, I yes, I do have a meditation practice. Or yoga. it's, It's yoga. It's yoga, but it's a lot of. It's like my own kind of custom meditation yoga practice i kind of just um combined all of the yoga classes i've taken all the meditation and i kind of do my own so i don't know exactly what to call it but yes i do have a practice um and i love it i feel like through quarantine i've been able to really deepen my practice and really just understand you know yoga is something i started a few years ago um and i'm gonna be honest it was because i got invited by this girl and i went and there was so many girls and i was like wow this- this is great, like, <laughs> like, guys are going to the club, they're going to the wrong place, they need to go <laughs> So So That's what got me into it, but then I started seeing, like, oh, wow, this is great, and then I feel like, I don't know, it's just like every year I feel like, oh, now I'm finally starting to do yoga. Like I feel like I got it, I got it a little bit. And I've been saying that the past two years, so now I feel like I'm just starting, so it's, it's really good. But I want to get a lot, I want to improve a lot, I want to improve my flexibility. I got it. Um, and I want to improve my patience, my breathing. Sometimes breathing, sometimes I get like impatient I want to get up. I wanna
1: go. I mean, breathing's everything because it just it can shift everything for you.
0: Absolutely. What would you
1: what would you say to like any of those kids? Because one of the things I love about your story, and I've always said this, especially like the younger generation, has these opportunities of being able to kind of create in any regard from anywhere. I remember for instance, I used to in entertainment have to talk to the students coming in they used to always be like will you talk to this like new group of like just to give them the lay of the land and there was a shift i remember my my speech changed at one point because i basically you know as youtube came out and and like even myspace and face like different avenues for people to get their voice out and then twitter i remember telling people like you have no excuse now it's not the weird thing of who do you know to who do you know who do you know how can you write a script and then hide the script in someone's back seat of their car so they actually get it in their hands because you don't know how to even get your your voice into someone's purview i was like now you have you have all this access to get your voice out whatever the voice is whether it's writing singing creating um there's more opportunity that way Um, And I love, like, you're such a perfect example of that, of someone who's just like, oh, my God, there was this program and I was at home, and you created. So what would you say as, like, inspiration to those? Like, because you also said you're like, I had no clue there was any opportunity. What would you say? Because
2: my best thing to say to someone starting off now is to just make your best stuff and put it out online. Some people I see get so afraid and they try to, like, and I'm not, I, I don't know if you get if something goes wrong. This is my disclaimer. You Don't sue me or nothing like that for this advice. I'm not a lawyer, but I see some people they get so afraid. And like oh, I got to copyright this. I can't put it out. I can't let no one hear it because I got it. Uh, someone might steal it, or or, or or this is, or it's not ready. You know, or or, or just uh, whatever. And that's okay. If it's not ready, don't do it. But if if it's ready, and you feel confident and you feel like it's good, then put it, i let people hear it. That I think that if it's genuinely good, the only thing I can speak on is my experience. The only way I've gotten through to different levels and different people is from my work. It's not people, some people over network, they want to network, network, shake hands, talk, bro, it doesn't matter, don't one care. You can meet everyone, but if your work's not good, they're not going to, like, you can meet that great director, but if you don't have a great script, he's not going to put it in there just because he thinks you're a cool guy. You know, people in music, at least what I've experienced, people are not trying to like, oh, it's not about like, they're not trying to help you. They love you. They want to show you love. It's like, oh, they like the song. They think it can help their career. The artist wants to sing it. They, they think it can help their sales. The label executive, like they think they can sell it. They want it, you know, or, or, they, or they like the styles and it's something unique that they haven't heard. The A&R wants to show it to his boss so that, because he wants to bring in the new fresh thing. That's how it is. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the other way around. Like they, they're so friendly with you. They're going to, so I think some people get, get it. They think it's all, you know, all about relationships. And I, and I personally believe that the relationships form around the quality of your work. If you put out great work, people are going to come. They're gonna, they don't, they want to, they want to, you know, people are going to come. If, if, if it's really resonating with people, they're going to come and it's going to be the people that, you, that, that like your work and it's going to be easy to work with them and they're going to hire, Hire you for what you you know, and, and, and for what you do, and so that's my advice. The advice is to just make what you love, feel passionate about, and just put it out, and and keep keep coming out with stuff because you know sometimes people put only one thing and then they get upset when it's not, you know, because it, it, it takes time. You know, like for me, my project, my album just came out. I'm already working on my next one. I have a, I have a next. Right. I saw that with all the all the talented all the artists I saw who made it, they had a lot of a lot of stuff and they didn't get discouraged if one thing wasn't wasn't a Grammy award winning you know they keep going they keep creating keep keep and if you're really a good artist you don't have to hold on to it so much you can make another one so put put the song put the artwork put the poem up you know and maybe that person will tag someone send it to that person they show that person and next thing you know you, you you know you're doing your dream so that's what i would say is to just focus all your energy on the, on the craft get really good at what you're doing, practice, 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 and then just come on with it, put it online.
1: You're a perfect example of that because you were saying when you had this great idea of being inspiring, you said you didn't like it. You're like, it ended up not being great, but you didn't let that stop you. It actually challenged you to find a different way, which has now been a complete inspiration to the future of your career. So. Exactly. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Let me do our for you. So it's four quick questions for our audience with four quick answers before we do your personal practice. Okay. Um, So what's the first thing you do when you wake up?
2: Mm, I say, thank you. And I drink water.
1: Nice. Are you a journaler? I mean, I know you write, but you said you tend to.
2: But I want to get a, um, I need to get a dream journal. My little sister told me I need to get a dream journal. So I'm going to start, I'll keep you updated.
1: (laughs) Yes. Especially if any of those are songs, I'm curious. Um, Uh So what's, and I might already know this, what was the best worst day of your life? Meaning, you know, what some people are like, oh God, it couldn't have been worse. But then in hindsight, yeah. you realize it's actually changed everything.
2: I think it was a cancer.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have a go-to book or something that is your go-to inspiration?
2: The Alchemist from Paulo Coelho, and it's crazy. I actually got to go meet him in Switzerland. He we be, became friends. Crazy. <laughs> he's like he's like and I, I he's an icon. He's a legend and, and and awesome. And I'm super grateful too have connected with him
1: that's amazing um, his
2: book the alchemist you can read it in one day and it's just it's cool every time you read it you get new lessons
1: i have to reread it that book changed my life too i happened to grab it when it first came out like i remember seeing it i was in a bookstore so i was young it was a long time ago and i remember exactly where where i was when i was reading it and it's funny like i i it's it changed my life because I remember from that, weird experiences started happening and I wasn't even yet in the headspace to quite understand what it was all about, but it's an amazing book. I agree.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Um,
1: questions? Oh yeah, so we're gonna do your personal practice, which is the practice of being present in a second, but I just wanna say thank you for taking this time. And um, I I really admire the fact, I really like, I think you're gonna be changing you already have, but I think you'll really be changing how things are done in the music industry. And the album is great. And like I said, I could feel it. And I was listening to it with some of your other songs too. And like, even though it's all great musically, I could literally feel the vibrational difference. Wow, um, so subtle, cool. But I could feel it, it was like all around kind of like my chest and I, and I kept going back and forth and I kept noticing it and I was like, oh my God, I wonder if this has anything to do with it. Cause it was just like a light fluttering of like my energy, so amazing work. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you Thank
2: you so much.
1: And we'll have all of his links, everything he talked about, and obviously links to your music and your IG on our show page. So please go there, everyone, um, if you're interested in knowing more. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about, which I want to talk about really quickly. What's um, that? Your name,
2: Major. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So my my um I spell my name M A E J O R, and that's from my grandmother. My name is Edna May. Um, yeah. Passed away, but she was so awesome from Jamaica. Uh, so I spell it in remembrance of her. M A E J R. And my other grandma, her name's Annie Mae. She's still alive. She's she's the best. So they, know- shout out to grandmas.
1: Do you know what's so interesting because I'm really big on names, and we did an episode with Gall, Sasson called like the power of the name because it was mm. all about his whole thing is like you choose your name when you come in, whether you realize it or not. And you're, origi- you're originally, you were born Brandon Michael Green, right? Yeah. So I, I was researching all this, because I remember hearing about the <laughs> name. And so Brandon meaning like a dweller near Brushwood, or also Prince. But what I found interesting is, um, you know, Major, you chose the idea of Major, but you wanted to spell it with your grandmother's name in there, Right. And so major meaning, I looked it up. I was like, okay, I got to look this up because there's something weird. Major meaning greater is what they said. And then May is connected to the goddess of increase and growth, Maya. Did you know that?
0: I didn't know that.
1: So isn't that crazy? Because I was like, all right, he spells it. And I heard, I, I was like doing my research and I heard you say that about your grandmother. So I was like, okay, let's look up the spelling. That's of- crazy. So isn't that crazy that that combine it together? It's just really interesting that you chose that and you chose to spell it that way and how they actually are very synchronistic. Wow. Can you send me that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like kind of obsessed with names now. So I was like, let me look into that. Send me that. That's crazy. And you should look into it to see a lot of times what they say is if you change your name, you're, you're moving away from something or you're choosing to let go of something. And so then to go... So it's just an interesting, you should kind of look at what that journey is for you too. But I thought that was really interesting that May is also connected to Maya, which I'm reading it as the mother or goddess of increasing growth is also very connected to earth. And then major, without just being the military thing, it's also just greater. Wow. Yeah.
2: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I didn't even, I had no clue.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. So now we're going to do Majors Personal Practice, which is the practice of being present.
2: I think uh, being present is one of the most important things we can learn. I first got introduced to the idea from Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. It was just talking about how everything is now. Then I realized um, when I was getting anxiety, that was basically my worry about the future. And depression was basically like the worry or stressing about the past, something that already happened. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, I lost my girl. Oh, this happened. All this anxiety was like thinking, oh, I might not make it. I might not be anything. I might not get, you know, those kind of thoughts. So when we're in the present, we can avoid any of that. It, it can't exist there. In the present, everything's usually fine. Right now, we usually have everything we need. We have air. We usually, right now, are safe. There's no threat right now. What we're thinking about is in the next thing, you know, and that's what's giving us the stress. So once I learned present, it gave a lot of peace. It just gave a lot of peace to realize that right now I'm safe. Right now I'm okay. There's no need to be stressed out right now because there's no problem right now.
1: Dentalks Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.